Welcome back, everybody, to the Forge of Disciples podcast. This is Chris Meyer, and today we're going to be taking a look at how the Catholic Church views the death penalty or capital punishment. This is a topic that I found interesting over the last couple of years as there are there is a growing division between the two camps in the Catholic Church. The one that the one camp that is pro-death penalty and the one camp that is anti-death penalty, anti-capital punishment. <clears throat> and it's interesting due to the fact of the history of the way capital punishment was viewed since the death of Jesus. So I wanted to kind of dive in as to the history of church fathers and how they viewed capital punishment, as well as how a lot of our figureheads in the church now view capital punishment. So one of the earliest accounts on the death penalty was given by St. Justin Martyr around 850. He said that Christians of his time should refrain from making war upon enemies, and he stated he would rather die than to take a life in self-defense. I know this doesn't necessarily pertain to the death penalty specifically. However, he viewed even taking a life in self-defense, he viewed as committing a wrongdoing. He was obviously living during a time of heavy persecution for Christians, and during this time, Christians really didn't have any type of authority to even wage a war against anyone or sentence anybody to death as Christians were not allowed in positions of power. So, obviously, if you were to push back or, or try to wage a war against any anyone and commit violence against them, you would not have the numbers that uh, Christians today would, let's say. Another view of the death penalty in the early church comes from a man named Athenagoras of Athens. He was an early church theologian, and around the time 177, he responded to those that accused Christians of ritual murders as many of the early Christians were were persecuted on the basis that they were basically a cult who um, 
who would sacrifice and uh, commit these ritual murders. And that was just an easy way to persecute them. And obviously we know that that was not true, but that's just an excuse that those early people that were anti-Christian, that was their way of suppressing Christians. So this man named Athenagoras said that we cannot endure even to see a man put to death, though justly. How then, when we do not even look on, can we put a man to death? So, he said that they, they cannot even endure to see a man put to death, even if it's justified. So, there are two early cases in the church of... Of viewpoints for being anti anti death penalty, anti capital punishment. We do find an early example of somebody that is pro capital punishment, and that comes from Clement of Alexandria. He was also an early church father in a uh, in a position of authority. And he took the opposite position. He said, when one falls into any incurable evil, it will be for his good to be put to death. So here you have somebody from the early church who takes the opposite stance. What I find interesting, and I guess what I have a question about, uh is when he says, when one falls into incurable evil. To me, it's hard to gauge what is incurable evil and what is not curable evil as, as who am I to be able to judge if somebody is incurable or not. Obviously, we see in the Gospels, we see Jesus cure many people who are possessed by evil spirits. We see him cure many people of illness that just regular people thought were incurable. So it would be tough for me to decide if somebody falls into incurable evil or not. But Clement says that if one, one, if one falls into incurable evil, it would be good for him to be put to death. Also in the early church, during the time, uh, during the reign of Marcus Aurelius, which I believe is around like the 150s after Jesus, there were, there were sections of the Roman army that were entirely Christian. So many of these early Christians held the viewpoint that you could fight, you could be a soldier. And obviously with being a soldier, that sometimes that means having to take another man's life to kill or defend or defend yourself. So there were many early Christians who took up arms. Obviously this doesn't direct 
per pertain directly to capital punishment, but this shows that not all early Christians were pacifists. Not all early Christians were people that refused to pick up the sword. So that's something to keep his mind keep in mind as well. The early Christians did treat capital punishment differently than uh, than other forms of killing, such as abortion, infanticide, or even the gladiatorial games of the time, where those where many people were sentenced to death via gladiatorial games where they were placed in a coliseum in the coliseum or in a uh in a i guess a a, a theater type setting and had warriors battle to the death and this was another way to kill uh, the opposition of those in power was the gladiatorial game. So they knew that there were times when when those being put to get to death were justified, and when and times where those put to death. Uh, was not justified, such as abortion or uh, infanticide or even uh, even the blood sport that was the gladiatorial games. Early church writers argued that killing was contrary, not all early Christian writers, but some of them argued that killing was contrary to Christian ethics and that Christians must play no role in the execution process. Although they did concede that the state did have the right to impose the death penalty, that the local governments um, should be allowed to, to dictate the method of punishment for committing a crime against the state. St. Augustine characterized that a good Christian ruler was slow to punishment, but ready to pardon. St. Augustine also justified capital punishment when there was, in his words, no other established method of restraining the hostility of the desperate. And then he went on to say, perhaps extreme necessity would demand the killing of such people. So in this instance, St. Augustine said that capital punishment was okay if there was no way to If there's no way to limit this person in the future from committing acts of violence. And that 
sometimes this would have to result in the killing of these people. So it seems to me that St. Augustine says only in the most extreme circumstances when we cannot prevent violence in the future from these individuals should they be put to death. So many people in the pro-capital punishment camp revert back to a lot of what's spoken in the Old Testament where God was viewed as a Um, how should I say it, as a, uh, as a just God, a, a God who, um, a God who was sometimes harsh, definitely a different God than how he is often perceived today, and even in the earliest book of the Bible, the first book, Genesis, it states, whosoever shall shed man's blood, his blood shall be shed, for man was made to the image of God. It doesn't get more direct than that. Whoever shall shed man's blood, his blood shall be shed. That comes from the very first book, kind of sets the tone for Jewish law, really, which was a law that was not afraid of swift swift uh, vengeance against evil, which they viewed shedding one man's blood as. There were many forms of capital punishment in the Jewish criminal code. And obviously we read in the Bible that stoning to death was one of the more popular forms of capital punishment. It In the Old Testament... The Mosaic Law includes 36 capital offenses calling for the execution. As I said, stoning was probably the, one of the most common, but there are also other forms of capital punishment, such as burning, decapitation, or strangulation. Some examples of the reasons for issuing the death penalty were idolatry, magic, blasphemy, violation of the Sabbath, murder, adultery, bestiality, pederasty, and incest. These were all justifications for issuing the death penalty. At no point does in the Bible, does Jesus deny that the state has authority to exact capital punishment? 
And in, uh, in his arguments with the Pharisees, Jesus says, with the approval of the harsh commandment, he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him surely die. Let him be put to death. So, he, he never says that the state should not have, uh, I guess, the state should never use their power for capital punishment. And unfortunately, the biggest example was when Jesus himself was put to death by by Pontius Pilate. In uh, in the New Testament, Paul refers to the connection between sin and death. He says to the Romans, with an apparent reference to the death penalty, that the magistrate who holds authority does, does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God to execute his wrath on the wrongdoer. And no passage in the New Testament actually disproves the death penalty. In the Middle Ages, we start seeing a shift from this more just form, uh, this more violent form of justice, the death penalty, to becoming a church becoming more anti-death penalty. And a number of canonists, which are those who practice uh, church law, teach that ecclesiastical courts should refrain from the death penalty and the civil courts should impose it only for major crimes. Again, they are emphasizing that the, the death penalty is not a church um, practice. Is not a Christian practice, but should only be practiced by the secular governments. Throughout the first half of the 20th century, the consensus amongst Catholic theologians was in favor of the cap was in favor of capital punishment in extreme cases. And that was that was the consensus opinion. However, er, in fact, even from 1929 until 1969, the Vatican city-state, so the Vatican government, those who those who were in charge of enforcing laws around or inside the Vatican City State, they even had a penal code that included the death penalty for anyone who might attempt to assassinate the Pope. So it's hard to say that 
there should be no other death penalty around the world when the Vatican even had a law stating that those who attempted to assassinate the Pope would be put to death. And that was fairly recent. That was, that was in 1969 when that law was rescinded. However, we are, uh, I guess, when trying to form our opinions on the death penalty, we have to remember that the church is, the Catholic church is formed through scripture and tradition. And we always have to look at scripture to see what, what God had to say through his word and what what Jesus said during his time and see if any of these contradict our beliefs today. And we also have to look at our tradition from the very first moment the church was formed in their beliefs, and we have to factor these in. The church does not change its beliefs as a result of time it it can only change through through God's action so even if I'm popular these beliefs should continue to go unchanged yet there is definitely a rising vo- uh, amount of voices throughout the Catholic community who have begun to raise objections to capital punishment since the mid to late 60s. And there have been a number of rather popular church figureheads that have spoke out against the death penalty. St. John Paul II. He spoke out against the death penalties, saying that all life was sacred, and which which we believe is true. And Pope Francis has also spoken out recently against it. And they have even changed the Christian catechism, the Catholic catechism, in 2018 to in an attempt to dissuade the death penalty in the future the mounting opposition to the death penalty throughout Europe since the enlightenment enlightenment it seems has a direct correlation to the decline of faith in eternal life, which I find very interesting. It's interesting to see how, excuse me, as culture shifts from one of an acceptance of eternal life, a life after death, a life after physical death, as our perspective shifts from that to 
our lives only pertaining to this physical life, and then after our physical life being no more, we have seen a shift in our stance of the death penalty. When death came to be understood as the ultimate evil or the ultimate end of our lives, rather than as a stage on the way to our eternal life, that is when we started seeing the end of the death penalty throughout Europe and into North America. While this change might be viewed as moral progress, it can also be viewed as the the disbelief in the sense of guilt, in the sense of sin, and in the sense of um, in the sense of moral justice, all of which are essential to the Catholic faith and to the biblical virtues taught to us. Those are some quick-hitting viewpoints that I came across as I was delving into the church's beliefs on the death penalty. I'm really still trying to get my head around where where I lie on this issue as as I believe that all life all life is sacred and while maintaining this position I also understand that the church is one of of scripture and tradition and that my viewpoints should not override 2,000 years of church tradition and scripture and that feelings should not come into play when when trying to decide what is right and what is wrong. So, as I look back, I guess my, I guess where I lie is that capital punishment should be allowed under the most extreme circumstances. And I, I have a hard time deciding what is what would be included in these extreme circumstances as as prisons have become so so uh specialized and so almost impossible to to break out in the most extreme cases the most the most heinous criminals are placed in an isolation where they they can no longer even come in contact with somebody to to do any more wrong to do any more evil and 
I would like to think that when these criminals are placed into these prisons, that when they are captured, that they can no longer do any evil and that we should give them the rest of their lives to hopefully come to know to come to know Jesus Christ for for Jesus to enter their lives and hopefully transform them and allow them the opportunity for repentance so i'm not sure when the time would be to enact capital punishment there may be a time in the future when we are not as stable to defend ourselves against these violators, and that may be the time where we would need to enforce something like this, but I am not comfortable throwing that first stone at somebody as I know I am a flawed individual. and. That is where I believe we need to be careful to to cast judgment on somebody before God has a chance to to control the destiny of somebody as as well. So I guess that's my stance. I'm not against the death penalty but i'm uncertain of its practicality now that we are as capable of defending ourselves against these people as as we as we once were i don't view myself any smarter than Somebody 2,000 years ago that believes in the death penalty, I don't think I have any secrets to life that we have since discovered from the time of Jesus. So, again, we have to lean on the fact that we are a church of tradition and scripture, scripture and tradition, and we need to be prudent in how we employ the death penalty going forward. That's all I have today. I hope you guys found this interesting and it's something I'm definitely going to continue to think on and ponder as as it is a an example of something that is is really I can really see see it from both sides really so I hope you guys have a good day and we'll see you next time